Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Cyber Monday traditionally is a huge day for tech gadgets. Severe start to the flu season. As we head into the holidays, get the new COVID vaccine, get the flu shot. COVID, flu, and RSV. Police cracking down across China. From Shanghai to Beijing, the Chinese are fed up. The war in Ukraine is far from over. Beat the brutal, vicious Putin. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We did. It was, uh, you, you, you flex as you uh, celebrate and family comes in and out, uh, a little bit of sickness here and there, but uh, overall, good Thanksgiving. I, I saw a headline today, though, that apparently Black Friday was uh, pretty bleak, bleak Friday. The uh, parking lots across the nation were not as full as they thought they'd be. So uh, I, I noticed that on just some, some local retailers that... Uh, didn't seem to be the hustle and bustle I normally see. You know, maybe maybe uh, a couple of things with the economy. You know, numbers not too good with the economy, and you know, some down numbers with North Carolina this week, and and plus, uh, you know, so much uh, so much lockdowns for two or three years. People got used to, more used to online shopping, and you know, well, and just not fighting the the traffic yeah. and just going out i mean i our family is you know when, when online shopping started it was one of those things and you know it's probably been what 10 15 years ago when you first started doing that mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of resistance oh, i'm not going to do that how can you shop online without holding the product in your hands and this year the vast majority of our family's christmas shopping has been online it's really amazing how <laughs> the technology behind ordering things online one of one of my boys is fixing up an older truck and he's constantly ordering parts and he will be you know ordering some parts this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon it shows up on the front porch yeah. i mean it's just yeah, amazing. Yeah, the, the one thing i still have not gotten because uh is is the the profit margin must be significant although it's less expensive to buy online but the number of times that you get a shipment in and the package is half busted open and there's something missing or there's something scratched or something dented, and you begin to wonder, you know, okay, are these are these places making that much money that they can afford? Because you call up and say, hey, this was damaged. Most of the time, they said, okay, we'll send you another one. Do you want this one back? Nah, just forget it. Yeah, and I, I've had I've had things sent twice before, and call them or email them is like, ah, just keep it. <laughs> You know, so to your point, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's kind of rare that happens, or maybe just the profit margins are so good they can have those kind of losses. Uh, Clark just handed me an article. Reuters is saying that U.S. Black Friday online sales hit record nine billion despite high inflation. Hmm. Uh, and you know, again, this this might be uh, their all time high, but it'll be interesting to see if the sales uh, in-person sales are at an all-time low for at least the last 10 years and, and today supposed to be cyber monday, cyber monday which right. you know which people you know while they're supposed to be working coming back for thanksgiving they they do their online they, they're shopping. goofing off yeah. And, uh, yeah, at yeah. Ex- employer's expense speaking <laughs> of retail fox business is reporting a portland oregon clothing shop has permanently shut down 
after they have been broken into and robbed 15 times. Apparently, this is a high-end store. They left a note on the front door said, Our city is in peril. Uh, The name of the uh, store was Rains PDX. Small, Small business and large cannot sustain doing business in our city's current state. We have no protection or recourse against criminal behavior that goes unpunished. Do not be fooled into thinking that insurance companies cover the loss. We have sustained 15 break-ins. We have not received any financial reimbursement since the third. You know, these liberals always say, well, you know, nothing to worry about because the insurance company pay it off. They'll pay it off the first or second time, maybe the third time after that. Say, you know what, hey – you're on your own, bud. Uh, we're, we're not going to, you know, we, this isn't a free-for-all that we're just going to keep paying out every time uh, you take a loss. Yeah, and, and one of some of these acts, you know, may be considered an act of domestic terrorism. And so, you know, there's a lot of terrorism exclusion on, on policies. Insurance like policies. So who knows? And, you know, they're saying the – uh, the the mayor of uh, Portland, a guy named Ted Wheeler, said, hey, you know, we're helping out. And to that, the owner of this uh, clothing shop said, Marcy Lindolfo said, you know what? Uh, it's it's nice that they're helping to pay for the glass on the front window, but that's that's just on the surface. And that, <laughs> that's not going to that's not going to keep us in business. So they've they've shut down. And, you know, the sad thing is, again, it hurts the local community. Yep. And so often these <clears throat> businesses might be in a section of town in which more and more businesses are leaving because of a high crime rate. I don't know if you heard over the holiday here in Greenville at the Greenville Mall, uh, there was a, a shooting inside the mall. Yeah, also North Hills this weekend too, I think, in Raleigh. See, now, if you looked on social media, you probably saw comments that said something like, you know, the mall is just a hangout for thugs or it's time to bulldoze the mall down. Uh, you know, let's bulldoze it and put some outdoor shopping. But the bottom line is whether it's an inside interior mall or, you know, like a South Point where you've got, you know, outdoor shops, the people have got to feel safe. And when was the last time you were in the Greenville Mall? I mean, it's, it's been years um, since we have I've any, been do there. Do we have any sponsors? <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you don't think of it in a matter of months or weeks. It's a matter of years since I've been in the Greenville yeah. Mall. But listen, you've got to feel safe. And uh, otherwise, you're not going to go into the mall. But, you know, under the umbrella of social justice, we have given thugs the right to roam the mall, not buy anything, just roam the mall and hang out. And, uh, you know, the, the mall is private property. And the mall ought to be given the right without being, you know, hung in the court of public opinion or, for that matter, in in the judicial courts of our land as somehow it's, it's, it's not right that you tell someone to leave the mall you know, somehow that's that's social injustice, or you're being a xenophobe or a homophobe or a, a, a racist or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's it's pretty easy to go in. And, and am I stereotyping to a certain degree? I am, but you know, there's a reason why there's there's stereotypes. You know, if you got somebody that looks like a thug, if you got a, something that looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. 
it, it's it's not that difficult to put up some parameters in which you could escort certain people out of the mall and make it more inviting for the public to be in the mall. And I'm not just talking about the Greenville <laughs> Mall. I'm talking about any mall because what's happening in the Greenville Mall, I mean, it finally happened in the Greenville Mall. It's been happening all over the United States for months now, uh, years in some places. You know, are, are we going to just sit by and let our businesses suffer? And and they're and the the excuse for why they've got to suffer is because of social justice. Yeah, but how do you monitor that? I mean, what are you going to do? <clears throat> Have a dress well, code or, or yeah? Say hey, you look like a thug. Get out. Or? Well, to a certain degree, yes. I mean, if you look like a thug and you've got a bunch of packages in your hand that you've been shopping for, you get, you know, I, I understand that. But yeah, to a certain degree, maybe take, hey, maybe have, uh, maybe make, you know what, go into the mall and uh, you, if if you buy something, you fee. can stay or pay a fee, and then you get your money when you when you. Your money is returned to you when you walk out. When you walk out, when you either have a stamp by a retailer or either a receipt yeah. or something. Yeah. I, yeah, it's probably. Or if you come in peacefully, come in and leave peacefully, and you get your money back. But, uh, but you know, I, I mean, you, you, I don't know what the answer is, but you're going to have to do something, or these businesses are not going to be in business. Too I, long. I'm telling you, it keeps people away. It keeps it keeps me away. That's not the only reason I haven't been to the mall in a while. But I, I think about going to places like that now and oh yeah and just because of things that's going on i mean last night in, in raleigh north hills mall there was a shooting a guy shot and and i'm just let me just read what the news observer says uh officers responded to the shooting at 4150 main at north hill street around 720 and that's located in the middle of the shopping center preliminary investigation indicated that shooting was an isolated incident and the individuals involved know each other there was no threat to the public at the North Hills Mall. <laughs> there's a damn shooting in a mall, and there's no threat to the public. Yeah, the guy's got really good aim, so there's no threat I mean, to the public. Good gracious. Unbelievable. Sorry about that. But I, when I no, just read I that, I was you. like, good grief. Yeah. Five six one eight two five five. Who did you say yeah, we had, Clark? Josh. Josh from Bath. Hey, Josh. How you doing, sir? Hey, Josh. Hey, you doing good. I was just going to make a comment that the $9 billion or however much it was – wasn't in spite of inflation it was because of it you might want to check on the amount of sales as in the quantity of sales compared to the cost of the sales and then factor in inflation too. oh that's that's a good point yeah. because uh, that nine billion uh 90 you know if it was if it was 95 percent of that last year then it really was you know that in last year's dollars that might not be a record that's a good point yeah, and sometimes the inflation adjusts those numbers if it comes out of a government agency. But I, you know, that's a good point because uh, you know last year's ten ten uh, units sells for a lot less than what this year's yeah. ten units sell yeah. for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your ten widgets are going to be more expensive this year. Good point, Josh. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Appreciate it. Carolina Journal is reporting that the nonprofit polling. As a firm, an outlet, uh, organization, Carolina Ford, they released an early poll of what North Carolina's highest profile 2024 races might look like. The results show close potential races between Trump and Biden for the White House and between Mark Robinson and Josh Stein for the governor's mansion. In a Republican primary, Robinson does not have much competition for the gubernatorial nomination. 54% of respondents choosing the lieutenant governor. Tom Tillis got twenty percent. Can you? Can you? Uh, there's no way Tom Tillis would win 
the uh, primary of the governor's race. I, I, and I have not heard anything that he's ever interested in running either. Uh, Dale Falwell, 4%. I don't think Falwell would be interested in running. Uh, the preference for Robinson among Republicans was especially pronounced in rural areas, 64%, 61% from men, uh, while in suburban areas, uh, 41%, um, with women, 49%. Uh, on the Democrat side, they found Stein leading with 22%, former Secretary of North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services Mandy Cohen in second, 18%. Mandy Cohen for governor? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's that's funny. Right I there. can't even imagine the Democrats voting for that. Uh, yeah. And newly elected U.S. Congressman Jeff Jackson trailing not too far behind at 12%. Another 39%, however, undecided. 9% had another candidate in mind. I, I do think it will be Robinson and uh, Stein running. In a theoretical, then this is really interesting. And, and again, this is from a left-leaning nonprofit, Carolina Forward. In a theoretical matchup between Robinson and Stein, Stein led 44% to 42%, 14% undecided. Republican, independents, men, and rural voters favored Robinson. Democrat, women, suburban, and urban voters preferred Stein. Now, I realize two years from now is when the election would be, and that's equal to about 10 years in political time. But if Stein is only up by 2% over Robinson, that ought to be pretty encouraging early news for well, Robinson and discouraging for Stein. Well, let's look at some actual data. When you look at the, the 2020 election, when Mark Robinson ran for lieutenant governor and Josh Stein ran for attorney general, which would have been Josh Stein's second term, right? Yes. Second yeah. term. Yeah. Yeah, second term. Um, Mark Robinson got 87,256 more votes wow. than Josh Stein. Wow. So um, I don't know where they're getting those numbers from. I guess you know that you can poll whoever you want to. Carolina Ford is a Democrat-leaning polling, I think. Yeah. Well, right. they, they just – the Carolina Journal just labeled it as a left-wing nonprofit. Okay. But, uh, so, I mean, well, if it's left-wing nonprofit, that means they're – you know crazy left wing um, but uh but eighty seven thousand votes are a lot of votes that's a lot of votes um particularly you know the lieutenant governor position mark robinson um which this is not normal i mean he's he was only thirty four thousand actually less than thirty three thousand votes short of the number of votes that roy cooper received wow and so roy cooper i mean he won pretty handily over four and mark robinson now, he would be a populist candidate and yeah. it was and is but he was a newbie to this. I mean, this oh, was yeah. his first time out of the gate mm -hmm. and uh, it hit the ground running. Hey, we're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. More news and views coming right up. This is your Drive at Five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome in. If you're uh, keeping track, 27 days to Christmas. I'm not sure how many shopping days that is. But listen, if you're going to online shop, you can do that any day of the week, right? Uh, looking at your weather forecast, clear skies tonight, a low of around 39. Boy, it was uh, gorgeous out today. I mean, it was a perfect and, and day. All, and all weekend, except for, you know, we had some rain and some wind. Uh, what? Gosh, was it Well, yesterday? a little bit yesterday, yesterday, yeah, but it was warm. But for the most part, it was just beautiful. Yeah, it was good, good weekend weather, good holiday weather. Uh, Tuesday... Sunny skies, a high of 63. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, a low of 46. Wednesday, a high of 68, but the rain comes in. 70% chance of rain on Wednesday. 
uh, Wednesday night, a low of 36 with uh, showers and then clearing skies. 561-8255. Gary from Oriental is on the line. Hey, Gary. Hey, how are you tonight? We're doing uh, well. I Good was going to talk. You too. You too. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We did. We did. Same um, to you. Great. Um, you're, I was gonna, I'm going to change topic because I'm going to stay on the latest topic. You were, we were talking about the mall shooting, but yes. then we started talking about politics. Um, you know, I was looking at the 2024 Democrats, well, the projected candidates. For, for president or for, for president yes, you're talking? Okay. Yeah, for the pre- yes, sir. And, you know, literally, if you look at the big picture, they really have nobody. You've got Jennifer Granholm, who was a, a, a failure to Michigan governor. Uh, Buttigieg, that's a no-go. Uh, Newsom. He's not going to leave his kingdom. There's just no way. You don't so, think he'd go for a I bigger want- kingdom? If it, well, of course, see, there's no guarantee he'd win and be the king. But uh, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think I think he's got such a gravy job in California where they literally get away with with blatant stupidity. I don't think he's ever going to leave his kingdom. Um, somebody you really need to keep your eyes on because she fits the profile. She's got everything going for, her, and that's Amy Klobuchar. She's already been on the stage as a presidential candidate. She's a woman. She's from Minneapolis. She's from Plymouth, Minnesota, which is, you know, a suburb of Minneapolis. She's got the age going for her. She's 62. She's a lawyer. And if you notice Klobuchar, it's, it's suddenly you're seeing a drip, 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 but it's getting to be a bigger drip every time they come out with her. And I think that's who they're going to spring on us. And you really need to keep a good eye on her because she is um, – she really fits the profile. I'm I, I I'm terrible at these predictions, that. Gary. But I think the one thing that she doesn't have going for is the likability factor. There, there's an well, in, there's an in, there's an intangible yeah. of uh, some. And I'm and, you know people are gonna say oh, you're shoving this pig, but uh, with, uh, not on women, but on the Democrat women. Certain Democrat women. There's just a. a the likability factor is just really low. I mean, that was Hillary Clinton's problem. And I, I, I would say Amy Klobuchar has got more likability than Hillary Clinton, but that bar is pretty low. Well, well Gary, to well, you, look at you, though, Tom, go ahead, look, look, at, look at Camilla Harris. I called that one. I actually made money on that one, and they said, no, Gary, you're crazy. I said, no, she's got a one. She's a woman of color and a woman, and she was already on the stage. And she is as unlikable as they get. I mean, oh, yeah. she's, she's yeah. a soup sandwich. Yeah. I mean, really. But Amy Klobuchar, she fits. She really fits the profile. And and by the way, since when has a Democrat ever put anybody up front that's likable? Ever? Well, uh, so, John John Kennedy, how many years ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Gary, your point about Amy Klobuchar, I, I said the last election of everyone up there on the stage, you know, other than Joe Biden, obviously seemed, seemed like Joe Biden was. He was senile pretty much, even during the <laughs> primary. But but Amy Klobuchar was yeah. was about, about the only one that didn't just seem a, a far-left radical loon, and she was actually yeah, she's fairly practical. articulate. Yeah, she wasn't a total buffoon. But but I but I disagree. Exactly. With, I disagree with you about a, about Gavin Newsom though. He, she's Gavin a Newsom's really running. Really good manipulator. She really is. Yeah, Gavin. And, that and Gavin Newsom's you, running. Pardon? All right. Well, listen, uh, Gary. You and Benny can put a steak on it, or you can go out to Gary's Seafood. Gary, down the road how about Gary yeah. Seafood? We'll put a Gary Seafood meal on the bed. Okay. Okay. Gary Seafood is a great place. I know Gary personally. Good guy. Good food. You really should try it out. There's your plug for Gary's. There you but go. No, I, I mean, if she was on now, when you got him, when she was on stage, a she went after Kavanaugh. There's there's a feather in her cap. 
As far as the Dems go, the more damage you can do to Republican, the better you are. So there's one. Number two, she's a woman. Number three, she's from Minnesota, Minneapolis, George Floyd. Think about it. She fits the profile. Well, I mean, I, you're, you're, you've got some good logic there. I, I just, uh, it, you know, and at this point, it's just, it's so far away. You I want mean, to bet me a dinner, Gary? Oh, you and Betty can do it. I mean, I'll, if, I'll if, if, if it's Newsom, no, no, if no, Newsom's in there, if Newsom's there, you buy. If if it's uh, Klobuchar, uh, we'll, Benny will buy. We'll do that. I, and I I'll call him as your guest. Benny agrees with me. <laughs> this one's not, no, this one's between you and me. I'll bet you a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're not talking lobster. Right. We're talking a, a, a dinner. We'll we'll, we'll uh, call us back in uh, about eighteen months. And I'm gonna we'll write this down, Gary, so we can see what. Uh, I already I already owe Benny a steak dinner. So. <laughs> Thanks for the well, call, Gary. Appreciate it. Thanks. Now we're gonna get started. We have people calling up and uh, wanting to make bets with. We probably what we just did is illegal, but uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Roy Cooper has come out again. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when he first hinted at this. Roy Cooper has come out and appointed members to his governor's commission on the governance of public universities in North Carolina. Earlier this month, Cooper signed an executive order establishing the commission and tasked, tasked it with recommending changes to how the University of North Carolina system leadership operates, including the board of governors. However, that governance is the responsibility of the state legislature, according to state law. So implementing any changes would have to go through lawmakers. Tom Ross and Margaret Spellings, both recent former presidents of the UNC system, were named co-chairs by Cooper. Among the directives Cooper has assigned them is to find ways to increase, quote, diversity on UNC boards, reportedly saying that, quote, Republicans have too much power. <laughs> Curious how there was no complaints on this law when the legislature was controlled by For a hundred freaking years. Yeah. Exactly. Quote, unfortunately, a spat of controversies over the last few years had led to concerns that boards plagued by undue political influence and bureaucratic meddling hinder the effect of university governance, Cooper's statement read. Instability and political interference can have significant impacts on campus leadership, turnover, academic experience for students, and can threaten the university's reputation and the state's economy and communities. Yes, if the Republicans are in charge, the university students might actually get an education instead of an indoctrination. And we can't have that, can we, Coop? Yeah, Cooper's just upset because the Democrats don't have the ability to appoint the majority. And that and, and they they had for for gosh, since the UNC system's been in existence yeah. until recent years. But you know, to the to his point about uh diversity and that type of thing. Now number one, we all know <laughs> we all know that you've got to either write a big check or collect a bunch of big checks to yeah. get on that board. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the facts. Or you've got to have your your intersectionality at an all time high. But regardless if it's the Democrat controlled or Republican controlled, the North Carolina taxpayers are paying for that engine and keeping that engine running with their tax dollars. Yep. So the people that elect people, bingo. I, you know, we don't need bureaucrats and big government, um, deep state, <laughs> deep state is in North Carolina to to control something that we spend so much money on if the taxpayers don't like it then you know what go vote a guy in that will appoint somebody that you want well when are when are the voters going to realize and and to a certain degree a lot of them have realized this 
But Democrats go out and win at the ballot box without cheating, win at the ballot box based on your ideology. Don't do these end arounds. It, you try to do the end arounds to the Supreme Court. You try mm-hmm. to do the end arounds around the board, the, the bureaucratic boards that are appointed. It's, it's Look, if you want to win and you want to appoint these people, your, your message ought to be, Gov, that you, you need to get Democrats in the state legislature. And right now, that ain't happening. And by the way, the Republicans in the state legislature said, why are you bothering to do this? It ain't going to happen. It is dead on arrival. Yeah, I can see the first report. I can see just how fast Phil Berger and um, Speaker Tim Moore just tosses in the trash can. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, I, I will give him credit. He appointed a Republican John Bell in there. I'm, One. You know. I'm surprised Bell even accepted it. Now, maybe he maybe he won't. I don't know. Yeah, it's But, a, yeah, Cooper. I mean, it's a waste of time. And then they're not going to – I mean, <laughs> thank goodness it's a waste of time. Carolina Journal is also reporting North Carolina placed 10th in the nation's – in the nation, I should say, for tax environment. According to the new rankings in the Washington, D.C.-based Tax Foundation, the Tar Heel State's 2.5 corporate income tax helped the state achieve its better score, coming in fifth best nationally. North Carolina placed 17th for the individual income tax rate, 20th for the sales tax rate, 13th for the property uh, state tax, and 10th for the unemployment insurance tax rate. You know, it's interesting about this. I mean, you, you look at the states that are really doing well, Guess what they all have? They have a low tax rate. And and a lot of them Republican leadership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida is number four. North Carolina is number 10. Uh, Indiana, number nine. South Dakota, your uh, friend, mm, Christy Nome. Nome. Number two, Wyoming. Cold state, hot governor. <laughs> She's also married. So are you, by the way. <laughs> Wyoming, well, number one. That's all right. I'm just trying. To just that's say. enough. Put down the mic. <laughs> uh the and of course was right on time and of course the the income tax rate is going to continue to go down by 2030 the uh, plan is to slash the corporate income tax to 2.5 percent before phasing it out completely by 2030 so by 2030 we'll have no income tax rate here yeah i mean and and you know we went from 44th out of 50 to 10th um, and all that happened while Republicans yeah. have been in control. Yep. So, and uh, a good portion of that time was with a uh, Democrat governor. And you look at the growth <laughs> yeah. during that time in North Carolina. You know, it's just well, t- well, time why, and time again we're one, two, three, or four of the hottest states. Why can't the Democrats to. learn that lesson? I mean, you know, they say, "Well, let's have an experiment with raising taxes." You don't need an experiment. You've got all these laboratories. They're called states, what in a, which high tax yeah. rates, the economy sucks, and when low tax rates, they're successful. Well, see, the Democrats are smarter than than at first pass, first glance. They're smarter than what you think they are because they know their ideas don't work. They know in their heart of hearts their ideas do not work. So that's why they continue to divide people to one issue voters. Now, so and do end arounds and just do end arounds and saying, you know, hey, let's let's attack these young people and get these young people to vote on this one issue, relieve the student debt, yep, or yep. or whatever. And that's and, and it's a blip. Yep. It's not a long term strategy. It's it's a you know, it's a, a little sizzle that make you, you know, get your attention over here. Oh, we're going to give you something. Go vote for us. And guess what? After the election's over, oh, we can't do that. Sorry. 
Carolina Journal is also reporting North Carolina's economy is on the decline. That's according to Mike Walden, the Neil Reynolds, William Neil Reynolds, distinguished professor emeritus of economics at North Carolina State. His newly released North Carolina State University Index of North Carolina Leading Economic Indicators based on hours worked and building permits dropped over 1% in October and added to the decline that began in the spring. He told Carolina Journal that it is significant because the index is designed to show what will happen in the future. So while our tax rate isn't going in the right direction, the Joe Biden economy is taking us in the wrong direction. Since May, we've had a downward movement in the index, not as deep as we saw, for example, prior to the COVID-19 recession, but it could still decline, said Walden. So what's the signaling is uh, the pace of the government, uh, the, the economy, rather, in, and growth in North Carolina. It will likely to continue to slow, but how slow? That's the big question. We had a very odd unemployment report for our labor force in October. The federal government puts out two independent labor market reports, one for every state as well as one for the nation. For North Carolina in October, the survey of households showed we did have a decline in households reporting that they had a job. On the other hand, the survey said, which is for businesses, showed that we had an increase in jobs that businesses have. So, uh, again, Walden came back and said it probably means a lot of households have two-income families, and one of them lost their job. But businesses said, you know what, Uh, hiring has actually gone up 7%. Now, some of that also might be seasonal uh, hiring for the Christmas season. Walden says interpretation of the contrary information is a few – again, householders have more than one job – He said if people are worried about maintaining their current standard of living, they may be put off by buying things like a car, furniture, etc., the big ticket items. A closer look into the index shows there was no change in building permits for the prior month, but they are down more than 15% from a year ago. That's Mm, huge. That is big time. That is huge. And the thing about you know building permits in the construction industry is such a good indicator of everything else because, you know, where, you, where, where do the materials come from? There's something other than just you no. know trees and lumber. There's all sorts of manufactured items. Well, so, and appliances. When you, yeah. you build a house, how many new appliances and furnaces and heat pumps and everything else are you going to mm-hmm. put in? So um, the good news is our taxes are good. The bad news is Joe Biden is our president. we got to take a time out. Stay with us. More coming up. the show that really makes you think he is a genius he's all powerful he brought a kind of heat he could be the best just don't hurt yourself okay more news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 it is interesting to note around the world what is happening a bunch of stories on the web from a bunch of different sources Uh, I'm looking at one from the European Union Times. What's happening down in Brazil right now is mind-boggling. You have literally millions of people protesting over the election of their president. The Brazilian people are declaring that uh, Bolsonaro is the true president of Brazil. Uh, He was in a... uh, uh, election with Lula de uh, Silva, who has got a fairly questionable background, and that's really being diplomatic. I mean, he has spent time in jail. He is a despot. 
He is a Marxist. He is uh, just not something, someone that you would. And listen, under Bolsonaro, Brazil is thriving. Brazil is doing very, very well. And it was highly questionable about what happened during the election. Um, Bolsonaro has said that, you know what, again, <laughs> very similar. I mean, this sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. Yeah. Sounds familiar. But that a lot of these uh, election machines were putting out fraudulent numbers. And whereas we have a lot of people upset in this country, I mean, look down at Brazil and you have millions in the streets. And it's been going on now for several weeks. I mean, it hadn't just been the last couple of days. It continues. And now the latest is that the military in Brazil – There is an Article 142 in the Brazilian Constitution which says that the military has the role of guaranteeing constitutional powers under the, quote, supreme authority of the president. And so based on Article 142 – now, the leftists are all saying, wow, that doesn't mean anything. But uh, Bolsonaro – and by the way, I'm showing my my preference here, but Bolsonaro, uh, certainly everything I've read about them is certainly the guy that you, it, it would be a good ally to the United States and some somebody that the people want in power down there. And again, millions are protesting. But now the military has, has uh, hinted that they think that Bolsonaro is the true president of, the Uni- of, of uh, Brazil. And um, – it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but there is uh, there is violence breaking out, uh, and if if the military in Brazil side with Bolsonaro, it's going to be hard for Lula da Silva to. Uh, and so far, he has not entered into the governor's mansion. Now, the their their supreme uh, decision makers from the electoral oversight uh, in in brazil have claimed that bolsonaro loses and that he needs to leave but the people are saying something else entirely different yeah i'll be interested to talk to i've got a friend that's from brazil still has family there uh actually i'll see him this weekend uh it'd be interesting to get his take on it i've talked to him about it some uh i'd like to see if we can get uh Get him on. Get get him on, or some a family member in Brazil on. That'd see, be really interesting. To see what yeah, that uh, would really be. See their take on. Yeah, it. see if you can line that up. And I, I know there were supporters of the of their current uh, Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro, the current president. So, so I mean, just on a, on a surface comment, he he was he would he'd be in favor. He he would have preferred to see Bolsonaro won straight well, out. Yeah, I, I mean his. I mean he's a business owner. His his family. His family left some other countries, and including Brazil, to really pursue the American dream. So, you know, I would think they're anti-communists, and they are. You know, so you have that going on in uh, Brazil. Here in the United States, Joe Biden won't drill for oil here, but he is now <laughs> hammering out a deal with Venezuela and Maduro. To let Chevron drill down in Venezuela. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and first of all, let me just say that the cleanest fuel that we could possibly burn here in the United States would be our own. Mm-hmm. The fuel that we're getting from Venezuela is is much dirtier than what we would burn here. So when they tell you it's all about the uh, uh, environment, 
that is a load. A bunch of hypocrites. That is a load. And for people that are not familiar with Venezuela, I mean, their dictator, ruler, if you will, I mean, it's basically like a president saying, you know what, we're not going to let you drill in the United States, but we're going to give more power to Fidel Castro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, oh, yeah. that's that's yeah. the same yeah. same comparison, really. Well, here's the other thing, too, that's interesting. Uh, this, this article out of town hall says, on November 26th, the unitary platform of the Maduro regime announced the resumption of talks in Mexico City, a humanitarian agreement focused on education, health, food, uh, food security, flood response, flood response, uh, electricity programs that will benefit Venezuelan people, and the agreement on the continuation of talks focused on the 2024 elections following this announcement and consistent with U.S. government policy, the Department of Treasury of Office of Foreign Assets of Control issued Venezuela general license authorizing Chevron Corporation to resume limited natural resources to extract uh, gas in Venezuela. I mean, this is such a joke. Maduro, he was a guy that was his predecessor. Chavez? Chavez. Chavez. Hugo Chavez. I mean, they took a highly successful, prosperous country and blew it up. Destroyed it. Destroyed it. Yeah. And now they're coming back and saying, oh, we're going to sit down and have this uh, resumption of talks in Mexico City about how we can solve all these problems. There were no problems before this regime got there. Maduro, a bus driver, but Buddy of Chavez has come in. and I mean, it, it, it is, it is a, a joke. It is exhibit A for a communist despot taking on one of the most prosperous countries in the world, bankrupting and then announcing – as the government always does, hey, we're from the government and we're here to help you. And, and you know, I, I don't profess to be a Venezuelan expert, but you know, I read quite a bit on it during the Chavez era. era and basically, the same things that he was saying—I I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating here—is what you hear out of the the platform yes. of the Democrat Party yep. today, yep. the modern Democrat yep. Party. Yep. You know, business is bad, corporate. Corporate greed, corporate profits, yep. let us take control of things. Yep. And, and what they do is that, yeah, they want to control everything, but they're going to control everything and, and let the pockets get lined of who they choose to instead yep. of the free market choosing yep. to. Yep. Bingo. And, uh, and, and it's destroyed, it destroyed one, it's probably oh, it's the most the successful country, yeah. um, to probably the, how in that bad, hemisphere. How bad it got? People were going into the zoo. And killing the animals to eat them. Wow. That's how bad it has gotten down there. Uh, and then you look at what's happening over in China. Uh, there is not as many as there are in Brazil. Of course, in Brazil, they don't come out and shoot the people or arrest them or club them. But in China, there are tens of thousands of people protesting. Now, initially, the protest was over the COVID lockdown. And uh, how Xi Jinping, his lockdown was such that it was it was just you know the people were being stifled; they couldn't breathe. But in the in the shutdown, there was an apartment building in which apparently it caught on fire. The question is now: some people are out there saying that this apartment building that caught on fire was actually set on fire and it was full of weirs. Uh, and uh, the first responders wouldn't go in and put it out. There were reports that some of the doors, because of the COVID lockdown, were locked from the outside to keep people inside. 
the place caught on fire and there were a number of people that burned to death inside this apartment building. Uh, it has turned in China to the point that they're now uh, saying that Xi Jinping needs to go. Now, I, I don't think he's going to stand by and say, okay, yeah, I'll resign. Yeah, you don't get to choose your leaders in no. communist China. No. And then over in Russia, Business Insider is reporting that the opposition leader to um, uh, Alexei Navalny, I think is how you pronounce his name, which is really the, the guy that was opposition to Vladimir Putin, uh, his his folks that support uh, Navalny's uh, folks uh, have said Putin is nuts. He just he's he's just lost it. He's nuts, and uh, to the fact that he is losing this Ukrainian war, there's all kinds of uh, sanctions against him around the world. People hate him, and yet uh, he continues to double down. So uh, it's it's interesting the the common theme, and of course there are protests uh, over in Russia against Putin and the war. Uh, it is interesting. One wonders um, has the wake up call come to the point where these people are now saying to their national governments, enough is enough. We're willing to go down. And in places like China, if they're protesting there, they've got to realize we're putting our lives on the line. But we'd rather have that. We'd rather have freedom than to live under this bondage. Stay with us. Benny and I'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. We have filled up the entire hour. Uh, lots to talk about. We'll continue that one uh, tomorrow. Uh, interesting story, though, for House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be the speaker. There are at least five Republicans that are on record now questioning whether or not they will vote for him as the uh, new uh, Speaker of the House, um, his margin. Oh, well, maybe not. 